Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and redeemer. Amen. A change of heart. People are often characterized by the consequences of their efforts, or you might say by the fruits of their labor. This is generally making sense when you talk about benevolent acts stem from people expressing kindness, usually, and destructive acts stem from people that are expressing enmity or animosity. But the things we've done in the past may not accurately represent our character today. We may have had a moment of passion that drove us to do something that we regret today. Or our attitude and perspective of life may have changed over time. If our actions had long-term consequences, it can be very difficult to change the impression that others might have of us. Even when our expressions of remorse are sincere, those who continue to live with the consequences of our previous behavior may find it difficult to change their view of us. In the Linton study that we recently completed, the author of the book we reviewed, Dr. Amy Jill Levine, described her experience working with people in the correctional facility who were incarcerated, where some of them expressed frustration and feeling like they were completely defined by society by the worst moment in their life. Although this situation is regrettable, many of us can sympathize with those living with the permanent consequences of someone else's destructive behavior. And even if we aren't directly impacted by someone's actions, our knowledge of the situation may cause us to form an opinion about them based on what we've heard that they have done. This was the case for the faithful disciple Ananias in Damascus. In the passage we read today, we see prayers for those who need our emergency services. In the passage we read today, we see how Ananias was afraid to follow the instructions that he had received from Christ to provide assistance to Saul. Saul, who was also known in the Bible as Paul, had been violently persecuting the Christians throughout Jerusalem. Saul is introduced in chapter 7 of the book of Acts, where he's identified is one of the Jews who witnessed and approved of the execution of a faithful disciple named Stephen. Stephen was one of the Christian leaders in Jerusalem who helped take care of the poor, and he openly shared his faith about Jesus. One day, a group of people who had unsuccessfully argued with Stephen had him arrested and executed based on false charges, and it was said that Saul was there watching over the coats of those who were dragging Stephen out of the city and stoning him to death. This event sparked a movement of persecution in Jerusalem against the followers of Jesus, and Saul was said to have gone from house to house in search of all the Christians in that city. The men and women whom he determined were followers of Jesus were dragged into prison. And after persecuting the Christians in Jerusalem, Saul went to the high priest, asking for letters of authority to persecute Christians 
in Damascus, a city about 135 miles away. He was given the letters he requested, and then he sent out to arrest any followers of Jesus that he found in Damascus. It was on this journey that Saul had an extraordinary experience with the risen Christ. As he was getting close to the city, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him and he fell to the ground. Then a voice was heard by Saul, as well as those who were around him, saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? The others who were with him heard the voice, but they didn't see anyone. Saul asked, Who are you, Lord? Saul couldn't identify who it was that was speaking to him, but he called him Lord, knowing that a divine being was speaking to him. Jesus replied, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, but get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. Now, Saul was confronted with the fact that Jesus was not a fake messianic zealot seeking to ignite a conflict with the Romans. There were people who had gone before Jesus who claimed to be the Messiah, but they were quickly confronted and executed by the Romans and were never heard from again. This time, Saul personally experienced the real Son of God in Jesus of Nazareth, and he began to experience a transformation in his own life. Just like the apostles, Saul could not accept Jesus as the Son of God solely based on someone else's report of witnessing the risen Christ. He had to experience Christ for himself. And this personal experience with Jesus initiated a transformation that changed not only his life, but the life of the church. The experience that, that had blinded Saul, and so he had to be led into the city by others who were accompanying him. They found a place to settle in while Saul fasted three days, trying to recover from the event and reflecting on what had just transpired. Saul had set out from Jerusalem as a leader with authority, intent on persecuting on those who claimed Jesus as the risen Messiah. But now Saul had his own experience with the risen Christ, which had made him vulnerable, requiring the assistance of those that he was supposed to be leading. It's at this point that Ananias also had an encounter with Christ. Jesus called Ananias by name, and he replied, Here I am, Lord. Notice that this is the same manner the great prophets reply to the Lord when they are called by name. Prophets like Samuel and Abraham. Ananias was told by Jesus to go to a specific house in the city and find Saul. Knowing how Saul acted in the past, persecuting Christians in Jerusalem and acquiring permission to persecute more Christians in Damascus. Ananias was initially reluctant to follow Christ's instructions. Ananias reminded Jesus of the terrible things that Saul had done. But Jesus, who knows what's truly in our hearts, knew what was in Saul's heart at that moment and reaffirmed his instruction to visit Saul and heal him. Ananias, in an act of courage and faithfulness, sought out Saul and found him. And when he approached Saul, Ananias called him brother, 
and told him that Jesus, whom Saul had encountered on the way to Damascus, had instructed him to heal Saul. This man Saul, who had rightfully earned the reputation of being a destructive and violent person, had experienced a life-changing event that transformed his understanding of God, himself, and those around him. I mean, he knew that Jesus now was the Son of God, and he realized that his zeal for persecuting Christians was misguided. And he learned that those around him were actually the devout followers of the living God. As Jesus directed, as directed by Jesus, Ananias laid his hands on Saul and something like scales fell from his eyes, allowing him to regain his sight. After this healing, Saul regained his strength and started proclaiming Jesus as the Son of God in the synagogues in Damascus and throughout the known world of his area. Saul's conversion story is a powerful story that teaches, mu teaches much about grace. That gift from God that allows our sins to be forgiven and our relationship with Christ to be restored. For example, it shows how much a person can change. Saul was one of the most feared religious figures in the area because of the ways that he had harmed so many Christians in Jerusalem. He condoned the execution of Stephen and accosted many innocent people in their own homes in Jerusalem. But he later became one of the most ardent supporters of the Christian community and wrote many of the letters that we consider scripture today in our Bible. Much of the church's doctrine and theology are based on the writings attributed to Saul. The story also highlights the difficulty in accepting that someone else's transformation with our own personal offer of grace. Although Christ knows what's truly in our hearts, we can't always tell if another person's transformation is sincere or authentic. The gospel tells us Jesus taught the disciples to forgive on many occasions. Just as we are forgiven our sins by God, God expects us to forgive the sins of others, many times over if necessary. We aren't expected to be blind victims that allow ourselves to be mistreated and abused, but we should be willing to forgive those who have a sincere change of heart. But it can be difficult to discern a sincere change of heart without divine insight. And this was the problem that Ananias ran into. He knew of Saul's reputation in Jerusalem, but he didn't know the conversion that happened to him on the road to Damascus. It was only when Jesus informed Ananias that Saul would be led by divine inspiration, that Ananias was able to gather the courage to seek out Saul and hear him. A third lesson, which I think is less obvious in this story, but equally important, is the grace that we need to offer ourselves. Once we are made aware of the harm that we have done to others, it may be difficult for us to forgive ourselves. In those moments of life when we realize that we have ventured down a path that's been destructive to others, we may not feel worthy of forgiveness or being offered a second chance. We aren't told in scripture of all the consequences of Saul's early activities, 
where men and women were dragged into prison. But our passage says that Saul was breathing threats, threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Many people were likely harmed significantly by Saul's behavior before his from his experience with Christ on the road to Damascus. The guilt from his past behavior could have limited his ability to serve as an apostle of Jesus. But that is not what happened. Saul went on to speak with authority to many communities. And the letters we have from those encounters have inspired countless people over the centuries. Self-forgiveness is important for enabling our personal identities to change so that we can accept new callings from Christ and live into a different image of ourselves that more accurately reflects the image of God within us rather than the rumination of past mistakes. Saul's conversion from persecutor to advocator of the Christian faith provides a good example of how people can change. He was forgiven by Christ, eventually accepted by the Christian community, and went forward in confidence to proclaim faith in Jesus to the rest of the world. There may have been some who found it too awful, too difficult to offer forgiveness for the trauma that he had caused. And I don't think it's our place to judge the reactions of others to the injuries that they have experienced. But this story does show how hearts can change through the grace of God when love and compassion are offered to all God's children, whether they're trying to recover from their mistakes of the past or deal with injuries that they've received from others. Through grace and love, we can all heal and find that unique calling which God places on our hearts to help spread the gospel the gospel that transforms the world. I invite you now to consider how grace may change your life today, whether it involves forgiving someone else or forgiving yourself. Choosing the path of grace can have a dramatic impact on everyone in the community, as it leads us all to a more hopeful change in heart. Amen.